baby, I'm willing to go to his turf in Atlantic City. I'm going to step on him. I'm going to crush him. Y'all can mark my words in his happening everybody welcome to another episode of the jmba boxing podcast here in the squatter studios in the cult of ramble ranch i am your host whiskey J. gonna do the monday review for charlo castiano's draw this past saturday and i'm doing this by myself as uh, mr b ray's out there having some adventures in san bernardino he would love to have joined me but it would have been him sitting down saying i didn't watch the fight uh i thought it was a good fight so i'm giving you guys a review a b ray's review i didn't watch the fight but i saw the highlights and i thought it was good it's a good fight that was his review. <laughs> Love you, B-Ray. Miss you. But, um, yeah, the, so this past Saturday in San Antonio, Texas, we had Jamel Charlo versus Brian Castaño for the Undisputed Super Walterweight Championship of the World. And I didn't even say this the, the last episode, but it's been 32 years in this four-belt era. 32 years. And it started in 1989 when we had four belts, IBF, the WBO, WBA, and WBC. And that's not counting the NABL titles, the IBL titles, the WBU, all these other sanctioning belts that really doesn't matter. But these are the, the four most recognizable belts in boxing. So in 32 years, we've only had five undisputed champs. And that's starting since 2001 to today. The last one being, of course, Josh Taylor. So this past Saturday night's fight was supposed to be the sixth uh, fight in 32 years to have four belts. That is amazing, but sad at the same time. The fact that we've had six undisputed, well, five, I'm sorry, undisputed champions in 32 years. We've had unified champs, but never undisputed champs. First one being Bernard Hopkins, unifying the titles. Um, can I say, you know, boxing, I love the sport, but boxing is like in a, it's an abusive relationship, you know. I We abuse it. We mistreat it, we talk bad about it, but we can't stop watching and we can't stop going to shows. And and maybe tonight I'm going to talk about the boxing belts. I think you guys have heard me in numerous episodes, you know, basically rip apart the sanction embodies it. And this will probably be no different because, again, it's, it's very sad that in 32 years, in the four belt era, as Showtime was calling it, we've only had five undisputed champions and boxing, five folks count it one, two, three, four, five undisputed champions. And I, I was asking myself, I was watching the final, I just finished watching the replay right now. Why so? Why is it we've only had five undisputed champs? Is it is it politics? Is it you know, is it is it networks? Like, what is it that nowadays it's hard to get undisputed champ? Like, Charlo and Brian Castaño basically said. Let's get it on. 
Let's unify this title. The, I mean, Brian Castiano could have gone back to Argentina after beating, after winning his belt, and just defended it and made a couple bucks here and there, defending it obscurely, holding the belt hostage. And same as Charlo. Charlo could have been holding the, the belt hostage as as ha it's been done for the last 32 years. Um, No bashing this fighter. I think every fighter is a good Every Every fighter deserves their credit. Every des fighter deserves the respect. But I think of uh, Adonis Stevenson who held the WBC light heavyweight champion hostage for, what, five years, never really defending it against a mandatory, never really unifying the belt, you know? And, and and I use that as a prime example because, again, repeating it, broken record, 32 years we've had the four belts in the four-belt era, only five undisputed champions. Five undisputed champions. To me... That's embarrassing. Um, UFC, and, and I always go to UFC because I, I love the formula that they have when it comes down to fighters. The best fighting the best. The number one versus the number two. If the number one goes out, then you have the number two and number three fight, fighter fight for the interim title. While the champion re, you know rehabilitates himself or comes back from whatever um, situation he is uh, he or she is was put on. And you make the undisputed champ of the, of the division. There's, it's simple. There's no going around, there's no mandatories, there's no uh, sanctioning fees. And this is how, to me, boxing has become so diluted now. Like I just said, four belts, and that's not even counting the other belts that are out there, that have diluted boxing. And I was so happy for this fight happening because this would have showed, like, hey, this is what, you, this is what happens when you put the best versus the best on this beauty championship. WBC, IBF, WBA champ, Jamel Charlo goes against a WBO champ, Brian Castaño. Um, I said this fight was going to go eight, nine rounds. I thought Charlo was going to piece him apart. And it was going to look almost as a, as Mayweather had in, as I felt that Brian Castaño's uh, volume punching and smothering was going to have, um, he's going to have success. But I think that Charlo was going to pop shot him, hitting, hitting him as, Brian was going to come in the inside, and I felt that over a while, I don't think Brian was going to be able to handle the the assault for too long. His face might break up, his chin might crack. I felt that was going to happen. That didn't happen. Um, I'll give all the credit to Brian, Brian Castaño. Hell of a fighter. You know, not known as the biggest puncher in the world, but volume-wise, this guy has... Let me say this. Sneaky right hand. This kid has a sneaky fucking right hand. He was able to sneak those right hands on Charlo on numerous occasions. Was able to smother Charlo from, you know, or keep Charlo in on a defensive shell as he was just teed off. Like, the volume, the stamina in this kid is amazing. Is is amazing at, at that level to go against Charlo. Um, I haven't seen anybody really do that to Charlo, so I was... that was That's something that really caught my attention. Um... But I thought this was the can I say it? Come on. I'm going around in circles, not circles. I'm rambling here. Bear with me. What's wrong with boxing is when you do have the best fight in the best, and I thought this was the best two fighters in the division fighting each other, and it was a great, entertaining fight. You're gonna have the fight be ruined by shitty scorecards. That's what happened on uh. That's what happened this past Saturday. Before I go into anything, that's what happened this past Saturday. 
I felt it was a good back and forth fight. I think both fighters made the adjustments. I felt both guys showed their championship calibers. I'll say this right now. Do not blame Charlo. Do not blame Brian Castaño. Blame the judges. Time and time again, we go about blaming the fighter for the judging scorecard. Oh, it's because it's his fault. It's his thing. You know, he he caused it. The last time I checked, when the bell rang, I did never saw Charlo go over to the judge and tell him you should score that or convince the ref why he should or convince the judge why he should win that round. So stop it. Stop blaming the fighter. The fighter is training for, you know, eight, uh, six to eight weeks preparing his body to go to war. The last thing is in his mind is trying to get the judges on his favor. That's why he's convincing him round after round. Blame the judging and how they score it, how they're viewing it, what narrative they're going into. Blame the judges. Don't blame the fighters, right? So far, I've been listening is this Charlo sucked, Charlo lost, you know, this and that. That, the that you know, he paid off the judges. And, of course, it's Texas. He's a Texas native. And, of course, they gave it to him. That has, to me, Charlo has nothing to do with that. If the, if the judges wanted to give it to Charlo, they gave it to Charlo. Don't blame Jamel for that situation. He went up. He went in there and did his best. Okay. So, like I said, um, just to give you guys the scorecard, um, scorecard was one fourteen, one thirteen for Castiano. Uh, one of the other one was one seventeen, one eleven, which that was an absurd score. That was like what I don't know what fight that person was watching, but they need to reevaluate that person's license first of all. And the other one was one fourteen, one fourteen, and it draw. So we had no undisputed champions. The judges were was Steve Weisfeld who scored it for Castiano. Well, the other one was Nelson Vasquez who scored it for Charlo one seventeen, one eleven. Nelson Vasquez should be should look. They should look into him and review his license of how he reviews fights, how he's looking at fights. Because I did not see a one seventeen, one eleven scorecard. And I'll give you guys my scorecard. And the other one was Tim Cheetah who scored it one fourteen, one fourteen. Copy box showed that uh, Jermel Charlo landed 151 punches out of 550, uh, 533. That's 28% of punches landing. To Castiano's 173 out of one of uh, 586, five, uh, almost 29%. Both guys were even, even by one percent. The fight was that close. Punch, power punches landing again. Power punches. This is not including the jab. 164 out of 400. This was what uh, Castiano landed on Charlo, which was 41%. Charlo landed 98 of 246, 39.8%. Again, look how close these percentages are. And then Charlo, this, this was the jabs. Charlo landed 53 out of uh, 287 pow, jabs to Castiano's 9 out of 186, only 4.8%. Charlo, Charlo landed the jabs. Castiano do the jab sparingly and is less frequent or none at all so reading that my scorecard again i rewatched it I, I watched it again on saturday the replay i saw it again on sunday i have a 114 114 and everyone's shocked like how do you have a 114 114 brian Castiano won that fight <sighs> when you watch a fight it's an effective aggression clean punching, defense, and ring generalship. Brian Castano showed a lot of that in that fight, but those are the fight, those are the rounds he won. I gave the first two rounds to Charlo. I felt Charlo, um, first of all, hurt Castano, and 
the second round, um, was able to box him, keep him, keep him in the outside. Uh, Castellano wasn't able to close the distance, wasn't able to smother him. So I, I felt the first two rounds were kind of going into the were kind of going into Charles uh, Charles territory. I felt I felt the fight was going to become a little bit dull unless Brian decided to risk everything. And if he did, he he was going to pretty much get hurt, in which he did. He was hurt, and you know Charlo wasn't able to capitalize in the situation. So I felt, okay, cool. This this is gonna be the tell of the fight. When Brian decides to get aggressive, Charlo's gonna punish him with a check left hook, and then that's gonna be the. And then most likely Brian's gonna reserve himself into not being that fighter, and it's just gonna turn into a Charlo boxing match until Charlo decides to pick the volume up. That's how I viewed the first two rounds. Round three was starting to get to that point. Again, Charlo landing the jab. You know, landing the jab, which he threw 400 jabs in 12 rounds and landed 164. So he was landing 41% of his jabs. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 53 jabs out of 287. He was landing 18% of his jabs. And round three was starting to become the same thing. He was starting to jab. He was starting to move around. And the last 45 seconds of the fight, Brian Castano lands a punch that wobbled Charlo. And then he, out of nowhere... Brian Castellano starts pouring in the volume punches. He's throwing punches and bunches. Charlo's, you know, closed up with his, um, you know, his headphones. His, you know, ladies and gentlemen, headphones. He has both of his gloves up on his face, blocking the shots. Brian Castellano's just teeing off. Teeing off. Uh, and that's how round three ended. I was literally going to give round three to Charlo for dominating until the last 45 seconds. Other than that fight. Other than that, that fight was a... a a, a Charlo round just for the fact that he was keeping him off. Um, Brian Cassina wasn't doing anything. Charlo was just doing enough to win the round. Like It was kind of like a sleeper round. He was winning the round until Brian Cassina exploded and landed that punch. After that, I gave Brian round three all the way to six. I felt that Charlo was leaning on the ropes too much when Charlo... Again, Brian, Brian was doing the, a great thing when he, he kept himself active. He was dictating the pace. He was landing effective punches. Charlo was just backing up too much, giving the guy who I think walking in, we knew he's a volume puncher. You have to stop him, though. You got to stop his momentum. After round three, Brian had a momentum going into the sixth round. Round seven, I felt Charlo was able to get that sleep around. Maybe Cassiano maybe lost a little bit of energy. I think Brian gave up, gave that, gave up the, the seventh round. After that, Brian came pouring back on in the eighth. And after that, I think um, Derek James, the trainer of Tremel Charlo, saw how this fight was going and basically told him, you need to win these rounds. You need to win them big. You need to get a knockout. Charlo goes in to me, wins 9, 10, and 11. Um, hurts him in the 10th round. In the 11th round, he hurts him again. And the 12th round was up for grabs and I think Brian knew he needed to win he needed to be on his feet I think Brian's trainer and his father slash father told him straight out he's gonna come with everything you got you gotta be on your feet he didn't tell him to run he didn't tell him to take the fight to him he told him you need to be on your feet they had already thought they had won this fight this fight was close folks this fight was pretty close um it was a back and forth I think Charlo did the adjustments in round uh in round 9 10 and 11 made the adjustments it's almost like him stunning um, Brian Cassiano in the round and uh, round nine kind of woke him up because then he became the Charlo we all thought he was jabbing him, he was landing the right hand, he was moving, he was keeping Brian kind of tentative to get in the inside. I thought he did everything right in the 12th round. 
to me, it was a toss-up round. Round 12 was very um, very much of a toss-up round. Do I score Charlo's jabbing? Do I score Charlo you know, being aggressive? But then again, like I said, you have to be the effective aggressor. He was, you, One thing is being aggressive. The other thing is being an effective aggressor. Brian was an effective aggressor. When he had him on the ropes, he landed good shots. He landed the cleaner shots than Charlo. And that's what got me gave that's what got me to give Brian the last and final round. Which that was the round that Charlo needed to win this fight. Other than that, this fight this fight would have been Charlo if Charlo would have won the fifth, I mean the twelfth, Charlo would have barely scraped by with the one fifteen, one thirteen decision win. The twelfth round, he needed it big. I don't know what happened. Why he didn't come out there. Guns blazing, but he didn't. Brian took it, which then gave Brian the chance to get a 114-114 decision draw. So neither guy loses their belts, but we get to see it again. I liked it enough that I want to see it again. It's fights like this that makes me miss the old 15-round fights. Because they're still unfinished business. You know, who would have gave, who who would have poured it up? Um, what can I say? I think Brian this Brian Castaño Castaño proved he deserves to be in this in this division, and I think Charlo to me proved why he's the kingpin of this division. I I don't see any of those guy any of the guys below them beating that version who fought. I don't see Lubin. I don't see Tony Harrison, uh, J Rock. Um, I don't see anybody in that division. That night, beating Brian. Brian was there on at a at one hundred percent objective to become undisputed champ. Charlo was there in there to become undisputed champ. Neither guy would have been beaten that night if they fought anybody else. That night, they that night their their styles meshed, but they both made the proper adjustments. Like I said, Brian again was losing the first two rounds, was about to lose the third. He decided to just, you know, go balls to the wall and just push this guy on the ropes. Not even push him on the ropes. Charlo decided to fight on the ropes, which was I felt was a bad idea. I think Charlo was going to fight in the inside. And I, and Charlo never threw the fucking under, um, uppercut. You know, he, he's pretty known for throwing that uppercut. I felt there were a lot of moments for that uppercut. I, I think um, the reason he didn't throw it was that sneaky right hand that Brian was landing throughout the fight. He was just landing the sneaky right. And when you thought he's going to come bum-rushing you in, he throws this kind of like, almost like a giveaway jab. And he walks in and he sneaks that right hand right over your uh, your jab. And he's landing that shot. And the, it, it wasn't hurting Charlo, but it was enough to keep Charlo aware that the right hand might come. And maybe that's why he didn't throw the uppercut, because that would have maybe opened them up a little bit more for that right hand to land flush. Um... He made the proper adjustments. He decided to finally plant his feet and then push the other fighter back. Neither guy, to me, lacked stamina. Yeah, I think Brian took a break in the seventh, uh, but I think that uh, other than that, Brian got back on back on his horse and was able to push forward. But Charlo, by that time, was able to make the adjustments through Derek James' motivational speech by telling him, "You're blowing it, son." And like I said, Charlo reminds me of Sugar Ray Leonard in the sense, not style-wise, not greatness, but he can turn the fight over just like that, like snapping your fingers. He could turn the fight like that, and you saw that on this fight. He was able to turn the fight over because other than that, he was losing the rounds. 
he was losing the rounds because of uh, Brian's constant pressure and the the pace that Brian put on was just great. It's a pace that he was able to keep up. It was a pace that made uh, Charlo uncomfortable. But give credit to Charlo. It also showed the adjustments and the championship level fighter he is to then turn it around and then impl- implement his game plan, implement his will. And neither fighter was a neither fighter wanted to give any room to the other one, and that's why I scored a one fourteen one fourteen fight. How do I see this rematch going? I think Charlo and Derek James are going to go back. I think they're going to make their adjustments. I think uh, we saw in the Tony Harrison fight that these guys were able to go back, make the adjustments. And Charlo has that punching power that can change a fight. And I think they're going to make the adjustments, but Charlo can always fall back onto his uh, on his punching power. And, and he hurt him again. He hurt him in round two. He hurt him again in, what, round nine. And I think he hurt, and he hurt him again 10 and 11. He hurt him those two times. He has that power. I think... The setup and the finishing move needs to be... He needs to finish him quicker. I think if you have a man hurt, you got to finish him. I think he smothered his own punches. I think he tried to avoid what his brother did uh, in the Montiel fight. I think the, I think he comes back better. I think he's in a... I think he's in a box this time more. I think he's going to lay off the ropes. I think he's going to smother Brian every time he tries to come in and try to outpunch him. A fighter like Brian, you gotta stop his momentum. If you allow him to get, if you allow him to get a rhythm going, he is basically, you know, not gonna stop. He is a freight train. He's gonna keep going, keep coming at you. That's who he is. That's what he does. But it's a draw. I think it's a draw. And um, like I said, don't blame the fighters for this decision. Blame the judges. But I think the to the two judges that uh scored it scored it a draw were right. I don't see... No, I'm sorry. I think one scored it on 114-113. I think the judges scored it a draw was right. I don't see it any other way from any other way going. It was a draw. You know, I don't. there's nothing wrong with the draw. Neither guy lost. Neither guy should be ashamed. You know, we look at draws kind of like a... Who said it best? Uh, draws is like kissing your sister. I'm not condoning kissing your sister, but I think I would have been more outraged... If Charlo would have won with a stupid score of 117, what, 113? Or what the fuck was it? A 117-111 score. You're telling me you're going to go on social media and bitch and complain over a draw. But you guys would have been okay with a 117-111 score? Like if, let's say the ju- the other judge had a 114-113, uh, you know, you guys would, and, and of course the other judge had 117-111. You guys would have been okay with Charlo winning that fight? The 117-111, no. The 114-114 seems real to me. Be um, be honest to yourselves. I mean, watch the fucking fight. It was you know, it was a tale of two of uh sorry, I'm looking at my phone. It was a it was a tale of two styles. Basically it. Tale of two styles, um, and, and how you want to score. If you just I think if you just want to score a guy that just comes in there and just bulldozes you, go for it. But it, I mean this fight was a clean effect of punching, ring generalship, and like I said. Brian did that from round three to round three, able to dictate, able to land the clean punches, was the effective aggressor. You know, he met all the criteria to win the round. Same as Charlo, when Charlo was getting on his feet, was jabbing, was keeping Brian off of him, he dictated the fight. He was land, he was the effective aggressor. He was landing the cleaner punches. Neither guy can be looked at as a as a guy who fucking landed, who had the best defense. None of them were Mayweathers or Pernell Whitakers or Willie Peps. 
neither guy had a great defense that night. But they were effective aggressors, clean, effective punches. You know, they, they met all the criteria of the unified rules of boxing. So look at it through those eyes. Look at it through those rules. Don't look at it as who you um, who you like or who you dislike, whose style you like the most. You know, that's what's wrong with boxing nowadays and the way you score fights. You look at it as, oh, I don't like Charlo. So automatically, you're just already programmed to not like Charlo. And so anything that Brian does, which is ooh and ah, you're going to score for him. Instead of looking at it through the eyes of a non-judgmental fan as a non-tribal fan, look at it as a boxing fan. Not as a Charlo fan, not as a Brian fan, not as a fucking Brian hater or as a Charlo hater. Look at it as a boxing fan through through um, non-judgmental. That's what I did. I'm a boxing fan. Even though I like Charlo, even though I came to like Brian, you know, going into this fight, watching all the fights he was going, he was in. I was a big fan of both, but I looked, I judged it as a boxing fan through the criteria of boxing rules of how you score a fight. Because I'm, I'm getting, I got messages saying, oh, I, I had a 116, one something for Brian. Brian won. Let me, uh, let me pull up. Yeah, 116, one, I had 116, 112. How the fuck do the, some people have uh, Charlo winning? Another one put it, I had a 114, 113 for Brian. Um, Charlo lost. It was ridiculous. He paid off the judges. You know, I can go on, you know, with, with the, with the scoring. Like, I, I can go on. I think the rematch should be made. I didn't like Charlo's uh, uh, response saying that he's going he's gonna to leave it to Al Heyman. Look, bro, there's nothing else for you to 140, uh, 154 besides this belt. Besides getting the last belt. You need this fight. What, you're going to fight Danny Garcia? Yeah, like I said, in, I said la- on the last episode... The winner should, uh, if Charlo wins, he should fight Danny. It's a high-profile fight, and after that, move up to 160. You, you've done everything you did at 154. He still has unfinished business at 154. Brian Casiano, he still has a lot of room to fight the other champions if he wins. But for Charlo, this is unfinished business. This is becoming undisputed. The road to undisputed is only one fight away. Do not fuck this up by going about and fighting another fighter because then... That's how we get into these messes where we wait 32 years for an undisputed champ. You know, again, only five undisputed champs. You could do this. You can make history and putting yourself in the list with a selected few. A handful of fighters have become undisputed champ. You could do that. You know, you don't go about it saying, well, I got to talk to Al Heyman about this. No, you don't. There's nothing to talk about. You get the rematch. You set the date. You go back at the training camp. Who else are you going to fight? Who else are, you know, entertains you? to? I mean, this should motivate your ass to get back in the gym and make the adjustments you need to make. Brian wants the rematch. He made it very obvious. There's nobody else besides this, this fight. Unless he gets, you know, more money to fight another fighter, he might take it. But I think he's on the, he's on the same idea that I got. There's nothing else to do. Let's get this fight on. You know what I mean? So... Let's hope this gets done. Let's hope boxing doesn't drop the ball on this. And we got Charlo versus Danny Garcia. We got Brian Castaño versus God knows who. And we get an upset and we don't see this fight happen. We don't see this undisputed. Uh, we don't see this division go for undisputed. But if history tells us anything, if networks get involved and promoters get involved and Bunny gets involved, most likely this is going to be a fuck up. 
I'm hoping it doesn't. I'm hoping we. I'm hoping in a couple weeks or next month, we get we get to hear that the rematch is signed, slated for February or March. It's on the rematch, and I, I'm assuming it's not going to happen in Texas anymore. I think if um because of the controversy, which I don't know why is. I mean, I get why this controversy, but just just reevaluate that freaking judge. I, I think other than that, the judging was fair on the other two. But I'm assuming this fight takes place in LA or Vegas for the the second fight. I think that's when that happens. But like I said, boxing sometimes you know throws us, the boxing gods throw us a curveball and we end up getting Charlo versus Danny Garcia next, or Brian Castano versus the number eleven, number twelfth ranked fighter that nobody knows about. But my upset because again, junior uh, super welterweight is maybe murderer's row. It's got to be one of the most competitive division out there where everyone beats everybody. So. Again, promoters, Al Heyman, PBC, don't fuck this up and go out and venture outside. This fight, it should be made. The rematch should be made. The fans want to see it. I want to see it. Get it done. Like B-Ray would say, hashtag don't fuck this up. But that's pretty much all I got for you guys. This is my Monday review for uh, Charlo versus Castiano. I hope you guys liked it. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know B-Ray wasn't here. I know there's a different energy when B-Ray's here. But, hey, B-Ray has a life. B-Ray's out, advent- out doing adventures in San Bernardino. I'm now. So he was helping out a friend. She had a pop-up store happen. And um, San Bernardino was like a fair. He went out there to go help her out. And he was running late. And he pretty much... And he didn't watch the fight. And I think it would have been pretty, uh, pretty dull. For me, just like I just did, just talked about the fight myself because I saw it twice. He hasn't seen it. Is he gonna see it? Probably like a month later when it's on free, on for free on on YouTube. You know, shout out to that guy who puts all those fights on YouTube. I'm not gonna rent them out because I enjoy those fights. But thank you guys for tuning in to tonight's episode. Don't forget to give us a five star rating. It helps with the visibility of tonight's episode. Go get your tank tops, like I said. Um, support the show. It's hey, hey, it's summertime. Show off your guns. Show off your dad bonds. With the JMBA boxing tank top. Other than that, folks, um, there will be no episode this Thursday as we have a funeral to attend. So thank you very much for all the love and support we've been getting from all the fans, all the encouraging things you guys have been sending TTB Chubs. We thank you for that. So enjoy this episode for this week. Next week we'll be back doing our thing. Have a good day. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point in your rambling, incoherent response were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. This is all I got. This is all I got.